Hello and welcome to Truth Talks, brought to you by South African author, theologian and church leader, Dr. Christopher Pepler. Hello again. In this Truth Talk, I want to speak about dependence on the Holy Spirit. Now, many years ago, I established a local church with three foundational principles. Firstly, the authority of the Bible. Two, the centrality of Jesus. And three, dependence on the Holy Spirit. So, I want to focus just on this third one. Although, I want to also show how the three foundational principles need to work together. But the focus here is dependence on the Holy Spirit. Let me read you a statement. We believe that we are to trust and obey God the Holy Spirit, embrace all that the Scriptures reveal of Him and His ministry, and rely on His empowerment for life and ministry. Would you agree with that statement? I hope so. But let's unpack it a bit. So, to depend on the Holy Spirit is to firstly look to Him to reveal Jesus to us. And the medium that He normally chooses to do this is the inspired Scripture. So, if we are relying on Him, we'll be looking at Scripture and saying, Lord, Holy Spirit, show me the Lord Jesus Christ. Secondly, if we are dependent on Him, we'll have an expectation that He will communicate with us prophetically within the bounds of biblical truth. Communicate with us. And one of the gifts of the Spirit is prophecy. So we'd expect Him to speak prophetically in some form or other into our lives within the bounds of biblical truth. To depend on Him, we would also expect Him to guide and instruct us specifically when He chooses to and where the Scriptures provide only general principles and precedent. So when the Scriptures just set out the general things, but we need something very specific within those general principles, we would expect Him and depend on Him to guide us and to instruct us accordingly. So, if we truly depend on the Holy Spirit, we will ex- accept our essential inability apart from His anointing, and we will be willing to seek and receive His empowerment. To be dependent on the Holy Spirit is to realize that, you know, we can't really understand Jesus, we can't really understand the Scriptures, we can't hear prophetically, and we can't receive guidance apart from Him. We can process things with our minds and logics, but we cannot truly grasp any of these things unless He enlightens us. So we need to be dependent upon His anointing, and we need to be willing to seek and to receive His empowerment. Now, let's talk a little bit about what this empowerment entails. Again, firstly, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit enables us to live Jesus manifesting lives in terms of how we witness, our values, our priorities, and our general lifestyle. These are described in Galatians chapter 5 as the fruit of the Spirit. So he empowers us through the fruit of the Spirit to live a life that manifests the characters, characteristics, personality of the Lord Jesus Christ. Secondly, He empowers us to minister to others in His power, in a Jesus-manifesting way. And the scriptures, particularly 1 Corinthians 12 and 14, describe these supernatural endowments as gifts of the Spirit. 
So he empowers us with the fruit to live out the life of Jesus and he empowers us with the gifts to manifest that life in powerful and relevant ministry. So our dependence on the Spirit is not either for daily life or for spiritual ministry, but it's for both. It's for both fruit and gifts. Now you see, historically, conservative Protestants have tended to major on the fruit of the Spirit, sometimes even almost ignoring the gifts. And Pentecostals and Charismatics, on the other hand, have tended to major on the gifts and sometimes, tragically, have bypassed the fruit. But both of these extreme positions display only partial dependence on the Holy Spirit. You see, full dependence demands reliance on His empowerment for both life and ministry. If we are truly dependent, we will look to the Holy Spirit to manifest the life of Jesus through our life and to manifest His power and ministry through our ministries and our lives. Now, as I mentioned right at the beginning, we shouldn't attempt to separate the three foundational principles from each other. You see, we need to understand and practice spirit dependency within the context of Bible-based and Christ-centered. So the Bible doesn't prescribe to the Holy Spirit and, and limit His work, but surely our understanding and our application of His ministry certainly must be prescribed by the Scriptures. We have a limited ability to comprehend and we have a human inbuilt bias towards self-serving manipulation. Therefore, we need to be informed and we need to be limited by the scripture, the scriptural revelation. See, it's not that we don't trust the Holy Spirit, but rather we really should have a very healthy awareness of our own limitations. Similarly, the Holy Spirit constantly points us to Jesus and a focus on his life and ministry. And this focus on Jesus will keep us both Bible-based and Spirit-dependent. The Bible reveals Jesus to us, and we encounter and come to know Him primarily in and through the Scriptures. Yet the Holy Spirit illuminates and reveals Jesus, the living Word, to us through the Bible, the written Word. So, Bible-based, Christ-centered, and Spirit-dependent form a concise condensation of the foundational principles on which the church and our individual lives stand. Hey, I'm back. Hi, Daddy-o. Hello, Corin. <laughs> okay, we spoke, well, you wrote about dependence on the Holy Spirit, and yep. this is the Truth Talk um, about that with questions that mostly come from me, but I hope other people also have an interest in. Cool. You you mainly reference Galatians five when talking when writing about this, so I thought Christ. it might be a good idea that you just read to us what it says there, so that everyone knows what on earth we are talking about. Maybe from like verse twenty two or so. Okay, or right, I'll do that. So verse twenty two and twenty three is about what is normally called the fruit of the spirit. Mm. And it's it's one of the issues that I did talk about amongst others. So let me just read it. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Okay. Now, even when I listen to that 
now I get a sort of slight heart palpitation because I, I, I feel like I, I, I don't do particularly well in any of those fruits. You know, I'm, uh, let's say patience. I'm often impatient. And unfortunately, if, uh, if you carry on reading, it only gets <laughs> worse. Um, no, it says that the, the if, if you live um, by the acts of the flesh, which include things like jealousy, envy, rage, then you will not inherit the kingdom of God. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, explain. All right, so the first thing to understand is that both the negative things, which talks about uh, the acts of the sinful nature, and the fruit of the Spirit are things that, over time, characterize one's mm. life. So, Paul is saying, look here, if your life is actually characterized, is sort of your your habitual stance, or your norm, mm is discord, jealousy, rage, selfish ambition, mm. etc. Well, now, how then can the Holy Spirit be resident within okay. you? How can you then be born again of the Spirit? So therefore, clearly, you're not destined for the kingdom of God. Okay. However, the fruit of the Spirit is also a description of the things that start to characterize our lives the longer we live with Jesus. Mm. Uh, fruit are grown. They're not sort of stuck on from outside. Mm. So we don't sort of grit our teeth and say... Okay, I'm going to be joyful. I'm going to be joyful. <laughs> Here's me being joyful. Ha, ha, ha. You know, we be, we uh, our lives become more joyous as we learn to allow the Spirit of God to manifest Jesus in and through our lives. And those are called fruit. That, bec- that comes naturally once we are doing all the right things that we need to do, I suppose. Well, yes, as long as we are close to Him, listening mm. to Him, obedient to Him, filled with mm. the Spirit and so on. Yeah, sure. So the occasional fit of rage is not it's a um, end-all and be-all. No, it's, it's human, you know. <laughs> that's what we are. Uh, look, this is actually an important point. Yeah. Uh, we are flawed creatures, all of us. Yeah. We are born in sin. Yeah. We, uh, Paul talks about waging war constantly against the sinful nature. Mm. So this is a, an ongoing transformation thing over the whole of our lifetimes mm. so so clearly there's going to be moments when we, we we just are not evidencing the fruit of the spirit yeah and then when we become conscious of that we become remorseful we ask for forgiveness and we then ask him to again come and and help us and and he does because you do say in the um, post you also say that we have, I uh, wrote it down, we have a limited ability to comprehend the human inbuilt bias towards self-serving manipulation. Yes, okay, so I'm, uh, let me apologize to everybody for those words. It's, that's a little bit verbose. <laughs> I know you're too kind to have said that because you're evidencing the fruit of the Spirit here. <laughs> but let me put it, let me put it in, a, in a different way. In a way I'll understand. Okay. Because of That's my humility, s- by the way. <laughs> because of our sinful bias that I talked about just now, yeah. most of us, if not all of us, have a real difficulty with, with self-appraisal. Mm. We have a, a real limited ability to comprehend ourselves. Hmm. So some people aren't just flat denial, you know. Yeah. I mean, you bump into some people that they can't believe that they could ever be anything other than angels. Mm. And often those folk are the most... 
devilish often. Mm, yeah. Because they have a, a sort of a seared conscience sometimes. Well, they're, and they're also not trying to change in any way because they don't yeah. realize they need to. Or well, yeah. So, but, but this is a part of the human condition. But we've mm. also got a bias towards self serving manipulation. So, in other words, part of the sinful nature is we're. We constantly have this thing where we're trying to turn things to our own advantage. Mm. And you know what? That even applies to our relationship with God. <laughs> so many times I, I hear prayers and then I think, well, wait a minute, what are you trying to do here? Mm. Are you trying to twist arms God's arm? Yeah. And you maybe think that if you can uh, manipulate him, he will benefit you. <laughs> well, it's actually quite wicked, but it's part of the bias of, of, of human life, you see. And that's really what I was trying to say there. I suppose it's it's similar to those prayers that, that um, people who don't even believe in God send up in a moment of crisis saying, I'll go to church every Sunday if you... Yeah, sure. Absolutely. That's a form of bargaining, a form of manipulation. Yeah. yeah. But it, it really is in, in, inherited in, in our sinful nature. So we have to guard against it. And, and that's why we need the Holy Spirit's constant work in our lives. But is that from what what Eve did, or did God make us like that? And if so, why? All right. Now, God didn't make us sinful. Yeah. He made Adam and Eve in his own image, yeah. his own likeness. Okay. He was really pleased with what he did. Mm. And he said, here's this world I've created for you. You know, populate it. Be my stewards of this, of this planet. Mm. And then they succumbed to the temptation which from Satan, which was... Don't believe God, believe the devil, and be your own God. Mm. And from that moment on, man became separated spiritually from his creator. Mm. So it's not that God created us like that. He created us actually wonderfully and perfect. We, our ancestors, plunged the human race into this uh, bias towards sin. He just gave us the ability to choose and we chose wrong. We chose terribly wrong. But, but the good <laughs> it all went horribly is, wrong from Eve onwards. <laughs> yeah, but he also now gives us the ability to choose to accept him and to obey yeah. him and yeah. to reverse the effects of a, of a lifetime. In Galatians, in verse, um, Galatians 5 verse 13 actually starts by saying that the entire law is fulfilled in keeping the command of love your neighbor as yourself. Okay. Now, I've got two questions about this. Right. Firstly, the world tells us to love ourselves and here God's clearly telling you to sort of love yourself but at the same time we need to have humility and you know those things we spoke about earlier okay, so, so which is it? Uh, you know okay so my understanding of this is it's, it's wrong to put a priority order on this thing Mm. I do not believe that, that this scripture is saying to us, look, first you have to love yourself, okay. then you love other people. Hmm. Because that's never taught anywhere in the scripture. Jesus yeah. certainly didn't teach that. Yeah. So it's rather a comparative thing. You see, it's assumed that we have a healthy regard for ourselves because we feed ourselves. Yeah. We look after ourselves. We protect ourselves and so on. We look after our own self-interest. So I think it's saying, look, in the same way as you are conscious of your own self, so you must extend that to others. But surely everyone has their moments where they are their own worst enemy enemy and an abusive relationship with themselves. 
<laughs> well, you know, again, this is a concept which, even now, after so many years in counselling, I, I don't, I don't get, I don't understand, because people are constantly talking about have a good relationship with yourself. I, for me, that's like a one-handed clap. Mm. How on earth do you have a relationship with yourself when, in fact, a relationship consists of two parties? Yeah. So I think it's a misnomer. Yeah. I don't think we have a relationship with ourselves. We are who we are. Hmm. Well, maybe we've got to change our own self-appraisal. Maybe we've got to change the way we negatively think about ourselves or or the grandiose way we think about ourselves, sure. But I don't think we have a relationship with ourselves. We have a relationship with God and others. So... The, the scripture again for me is really clear um, when they asked Jesus and said you know what's the most important of all of the law he said love the Lord your God with all your heart mm. and all your soul and all your mind mm. and then and the, sec- the second is like it love yeah. your neighbor as yourself yeah. so it's first God yeah. then others yeah. and the others must be in the same way as we regard ourselves okay. look after them care for them extend ourselves towards them do good to them Speaking of that, if I take my literal neighbor, for example, I live in a small townhouse complex. Yep. It's currently Sunday afternoon. They're currently partying it up. Okay. I'm in a sealed container so that the noise doesn't come through onto this podcast. Mm-hmm. How am I supposed to love them as well? Okay, so again, there, uh, there's a misnomer, I think, attached to this because when love isn't a feeling. Mm. Love is a choice. Yeah. So the essence of it is to say, well, look here, I've got these noisy flipping neighbors and they're driving me bonkers Mm. and they're being very discourteous and uh, they're not thinking of anybody other than themselves, etc. And that's not great. Mm. But I'm not going to allow this to change the way I view people. So I'm going to choose to love them in terms of they're human beings that are worthy of love. But it doesn't mean to say I must like what they're doing. And by the way, it doesn't even mean to say they must like them. There's a lot of people that we just don't like. But we're still called to okay. love them in, because love is an act of giving. So we, 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 we give ourselves to them, we give our time to them, we give our attention and so on. I would find it very difficult to give my time to my neighbors after a year of this. Well, you may be, but then again, maybe you might find that they'd reciprocate by turning the volume down. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's not referring to just, unfortunately, fellow Christians and other people in the family of God. It's, it means everyone, the mass murderer, the everyone. Yes, because it's, uh, it's an attitude towards people which is one of outwardness, giving and honoring. Mm. Um, and sometimes that doesn't involve liking because sometimes people do behave so abominably you can't possibly say I like this. Yeah. Well, I always like to sort of have a obviously a little practical thing and I, I believe that you are the best person to give practical advice having lived through 70 years of, of it. Yes. <laughs> How do I do this? Let's take, for example, my neighbors. Is it just... Because you're saying it's not a feeling, it's an action. Now, I don't want anything to do with them. Okay. So how am I supposed to love my neighbor as myself or even as someone that I, <laughs> I really do love? <laughs> you know, how? how? Well, well, again, I, I honestly don't think that the injunction to 
to express love means that we've got to go and seek out time with people, etc. It's an attitude towards them. Mm. The opposite would be hate, right? Yeah. So the attitude of hate says, I can't stand it, I can't tolerate them, I'm going to speak bad about them at every opportunity, and when I drive past, I'm going to glare ferociously in, mm. into their window, hoping that they spot how totally angry I am. <laughs> and realize it's because they play their music on Sundays. Yeah, which, of course, they won't. No. Um, now, that contrasts with an attitude which says, hey, listen, treat them with respect. Yeah. Uh, honor them. Yeah. Uh, in the occasions when I do come into contact, treat with them with dignity. Oh. It doesn't mean that you don't have to confront things. Yeah, okay. I mean, you have a, a relationship with somebody that you love deeply and they do something wrong. You're still going to confront them, right? Mm. It doesn't mean you don't love them. Yeah. So it doesn't exclude the, the need to deal with issues, confront problem areas and so on and so forth, and even get angry yeah. if necessary. Yeah, that that makes sense to me because... I, yeah, I think we've spoken before about, you know, being angry with a person's actions as opposed to be, you know, or hating their actions as opposed to hating the person. Yeah, exactly so. Uh, by the way, just a PS before you move on or close. Yeah. The, uh, I've got one more gosh. question for you, but PS away. Okay. You were saying, gosh, does that mean that we have to uh, show an attitude of love towards everybody in the world? Okay, I've got a news flash. Mm. Folk in the church are often just as bad. Yeah. Christians are not exempt from doing silly things, uh, hurtful things, mm. and it's all that. It's a huge so disappointment when you realise that. <laughs> yeah, because we all, you know, we're all in this process of being transformed. Yeah. No, yeah. It's a work yeah. of the Spirit through us, as transforming us into the image of Jesus, and it takes a hang of a long time. A, 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 takes longer for some than for others, shall we say. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so to go full circle back to dependence on the Holy Spirit and trying to get these fruits of the Spirit into fruition in your life. Yeah. Talk me through a typical day where I can practice this so that I'm more aware of it, so that I can get closer to God. I start by reading the Bible. I gather from my, those three points that you used in your post. Well, you, you certainly you, you start with with seeking to understand and know Jesus through the Scripture. Okay. And you use the Scripture as the basis for your communication. Mm. So as you as you're having your quiet time and you're reading and and thinking and meditating, you you pray and you say. Please, Holy Spirit, won't you guide me today? Won't you be my guide? Mm. Won't you lead me to somebody who actually I can show um, the, the the things that you've been doing in my life and help them in some way? Okay. Um, please, won't you give me patience? Please, but put a guard on on my mind that when I kind of short circuit out, mm. I will hear your voice saying, "Hey, Corin, mm. chill." Mm. Let's just regroup here. Um, I never pray for patience anymore because I. It seems to me that you get patience by practicing. Yeah, you get patience by being exposed to people that make you impatient. That's yeah, and I don't want to do that, so I don't pray for it anymore. Okay, but it's going <laughs> to happen all by itself, you know. That's true. <laughs> okay, so now I'm going about. So now I've had my quiet time, and I've connected with God and I feel 
like right. uh, I'm in the zone and I get so, into my car and I hit traffic yeah so uh, again what you you know the the thing is uh, called a, a very very ancient writer wrote a book called Practicing the Presence of God mm. I think I've mentioned it once before yeah. in a, a podcast and what we should try and do is continue this dialogue through our day Mm. So we have this running dialogue. You know, when I've, I've been most conscious of it is as a pastor when I was called to counsel with people and they would present to me the hardest cases. Yeah. And then I'd think, how can I possibly help them? What have I got that I can actually say it will make a difference? Yeah. And I'd find myself immediately in a dialogue with the Holy Spirit. As yeah. I was listening to the person, I'd be saying, please, Holy Spirit. Help me understand what's happening here. Please, won't you give me words that will bring life, etc. And and that's a wonderful experience. And there's no reason why it can't extend to many different facets of our lives, challenges gonna, at work, relationship yeah. issues, and so on. I was going to say that 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 should be sort of quite an ongoing thing. Yeah, but surely. you've got to practice it. In other words, you've got to become aware of it because, again, this normal bias is that we we compartmentalize our lives. Mm. We say, okay, I've had my quiet time. Mm. QT, tick. Yeah. And now I'm off particularly into my business life. And mm. I, again, I think I might have mentioned this, but men particularly, uh, probably more than women that I've, I've noticed, tend to compartmentalize their business lives from their family lives and their private lives. Don't even get me started on how people in business think it's a whole different reality to life. Well, well right, that's the point. So we mustn't compartmentalize. Mm. What we've got to do is we've got to carry this dialogue with the Holy Spirit through into every facet of our lives mm. and constantly be listening for His voice, looking at opportunities. Uh, when things happen, say, help me to understand what I can learn from this or how should I respond to this. And mm. You know, it would be lovely if somebody once said, who are you talking to? <laughs> and you could say, oh, well, actually, <laughs> yeah. talking to the Lord. <laughs> How do we know if we're succeeding just because we feel closer to God, I suppose? Yes, but I also think that our lives will become more and more characterized by these fruits of the Spirit. Mm. And people will notice that, and we'll start to notice it eventually. Mm. You know, there will still be times when we, we behave in, in the opposite way. But yeah. The, but yeah. it will become more of a characteristic. Okay. So, you know, you go to funerals mm. and, and you hear people talking about the daily departed. By the way, they all suddenly turn into saints when they die. That's you know, amazing, yeah. Mm. But when you hear the honest testimonies, mm. you, can, you can discern from the ones that are just blarney. Mm. To the ones who talk about that person in such a way that you realize, my goodness, mm. their, their lives actually manifested Jesus. Mm. Yeah, here, here lies Karen, patient and loved her neighbor, as opposed to here lies Karen, fits of rage constantly. <laughs> fits of rage which eventually done her in. They done her in. <laughs> Punched herself in the face. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, okay. but again, for anybody who's listening to, the, the whole issue is these things are not imposed through ironclad self-discipline. Yeah. They grow from within as the Holy Spirit does His work conforming us. Mm. We are transformed through the washing of the Word. Mm. We, are, we are transformed through 
the work of the Holy Spirit as we interact with the scriptures and as we seek the face of Jesus. The irony is, uh, I'm pretty sure one of the fruits of the Spirit is, is patience. Sure. And um, we're quite impatient to get the fruits of the Spirit. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I mean, I don't, know, I don't want to tease you, but I remember one of your classic statements when you were a teenager. Oh, yeah. Please give me patience, Lord, and give it to me now. Now! <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Daddy. I'll speak to you again in two weeks' time. And thanks okay. to the people that listen. Enjoy the chat. God bless you all. Bye. Thank you for listening to Truth Talks from Truth is the Word Ministry. If you'd like to share your views, read up on related topics, or purchase one of Dr. Pepler's books, please visit his blog on truthistheword.com. And remember, truth is the word.